0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast um, that I do. I only do one. But uh, welcome back to another episode of Teen It Up with c and uh, I'm your host, Connor, as always, again, with my co-host, Vladimir, uh, not Tarasso, Tarasenko. Uh, what's up, my man? Not much.
1: Um, Back from the trip in Maryland. I'm back in the uh, the jail cell, as you might call it, as Aaron might call right. it, Um. Had a good time out there. Good experience. Um, had uh, the 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 kind of the the crew there was very helpful. So good kind of first work trip for me. Outside of that, just kind of did, did I had a lot of catch up to do at the beginning of the week with everything I missed for the past couple of or for the past week when I just didn't open my laptop at all. I was completely focused on the testing we were doing. So played some catch up. We're back up to speed, and now I'm just kind of killing time, treading water, getting to the weekend. What about you?
0: Clocking in and out. I'm all right, man. Uh, I'm also just trying to get to the weekend. Um, I've been fighting some some kind of I don't know virus, head cold, little low energy thing. But it's like it's one of those things where it's like I it's like I'm like feel like crap enough to where I like I haven't really worked out this week. But I also like don't feel shitty enough to like not like do my school and do do the things I need to do. So it's like kind of that just annoying like thing that lingers for whatever, three to five days. So I've been battling that. Um, just trying to get to the weekend as well here. Uh, I feel like I know something kind of important that happened, but now I can't really think about it as most things in life. So let's just get into the topics today. We're going to talk as usual, a little bit of football. Uh, two games occurred. They were actually the NFC and AFC championship. If you were wondering, Uh, This past Sunday. Uh, Now today's Wednesday when we're recording a a night later than usual. So maybe some emotions have kind of died down from the games. Um, I figured we would do kind of a Super Bowl exclusive next week. So we can kind of focus on the games that actually happened. Uh, Let's start with the one that I think we're going to spend the most time on. And that was the one that was an actual game. Um, The Chiefs. Uh, 23, the bangles 20. Um, I am going to start this off by handing the floor to you for, uh, what I'm going to time on my phone for two minutes of rough talk. Cause I know you're going to have it and let's just get it out of the way. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I
1: can get to two minutes. I can just kind of do my casual or my, assistant. <laughs> hey, the rest do it themselves. I mean, they're, they're atrocious in every which way. Um, I mean, it's not going to be emotion because like, I don't. I didn't really care who won or lost that game. Um, I, I was just rooting for a football game, and it was disappointing that the players didn't. Not going to say the players didn't get to decide it, but it was disappointing that in certain pivotal moments, the refs made certain calls that were mm-hmm. very just. Throw your hands in the air, and it's like, well, what's going on here? Um, I don't know. I I don't want to spend too much time because I mean, we all saw the games. We all saw the calls. It's just the kind of the same thing where. I'm going to bang my head against the wall of, at some point, you need consequences. You need repercussions. You cannot be that bad at your job all the time. And you just get to walk away and laugh about it with your friends and family because no one knows who you are, where you live, or how to get in
0: contact with you. So this is where I kind of... I, I, I agree that it's unfortunate that they make bad calls. And to the point I agree with it is, like, these guys have part-time, non-whatever-tenured, whatever the term would be, employees, that they do kind of get away with some stuff that, that maybe they should. But you don't think that they, like, yeah, I, I don't know about putting, like, you've suggested putting them on the hot mic or the microphone uh, after games. I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea. I just, like, I don't know. I, I I think you would not get what you wanted out of it. I think you would just get a lot of like, well, this is what I, I saw. Yeah, it, yeah, it might it be just...
1: politician answers. Um, it right. be a, a whole lot of words. Soup. You're right. Maybe, I mean maybe I know. Um, in soccer, what they're starting to do is they're they're making uh the discussion between the referee and VAR. That discussion is now being aired. I think in the stadium and on on the broadcast, that could be something they look at so if there is a replay i mean the other thing that's unfortunate is none of these calls actually go to replay because you can't you can't review everything or else the game would be um so i guess i mean maybe if the refs ever have a discussion you have to turn your mics on and it's just one of those where it's hey um what did you see how did you see it when did you see it as opposed to just somebody getting to throw the flag. Oh, hey, number 23 on White did something, or I think he did something. Um, I don't know. It's tough. The other thing I know I talked about with some other people was um, football is also just inherently the hardest sport to officiate because so yeah. much happens and you can throw – I subjectivity, yeah. Well, I don't, know, I don't necessarily mean about that. It's so much happens and you can throw flags for so much. It's not always just what's on the ball. Like in the NBA, everything's on the ball. Yeah, you've got an off-ball foul when you've got two centers going at it. That's that's still relatively easy. Everyone else, there's not really much contact. There's a couple screens that you have to watch. But there's only five on people on
0: each team on the yeah. court, too. Yeah.
1: In the NFL, you're looking at the offensive line, the corners, where's the QB. So I understand it's not easy, and maybe if there was an easy way to fix it, they already would have done that. But it's just so
0: annoying. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like to me the they are like there's also like they're selected to do that that game, that playoff game. Like there is somebody that is judging them that they do have to answer to. It's just that's, not to the public. That's like true. It's, it is subject like you do lose your job for being a bad. Now if you want to get into like the conspiracy of like is the NFL scripted then yeah, like the, the then the refs story, are picked really. to do the scripting to the some extent but that's again a consp- just a conspiracy theory uh, whether or not you believe it um, sometimes I, I do sometimes I don't but uh, anyways to the actual game uh, another thriller and it was kind of the uh, as far as like storylines to talk about it's obviously like the Burrow head, and is it Joe Burrow's time he was 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes is he the better quarterback and I think we learned that as much as people sometimes want to say it, it's like Mahomes is the guy. He's the guy of this generation. He's number one. It's his league. It's his time. It's his age of football on a bad ankle, getting it done, going to his third Super Bowl in five years. So that's kind of the big takeaway. I think storyline
1: wise. Oh, absolutely. That was, um, that was one of the most impressive quarterbacking performances I think I've ever watched. Um, (laughs) Like you said, he had a high ankle sprain, which is something that you typically spend six or I think four to six weeks uh, sidelined with. He spent zero time sidelined with it. Um, he had a tight end whose back was near spasm and who didn't know he was going to play until about an hour before kickoff. You lose Kadarius Tony. I think you lost Juju Smith Schuster. I think you lost Belvis Scantling. Or something. I, I think mm-hmm. they ended that game with their top three wide receivers all hurt and not playing. They were uh. I'm actually going out. I, I actually want to pull up one of these names because it kind of reminds me of the Lions wide receiver room yeah. last year, where it was like who's the accountant and who's the wide receiver. Um, let me. I'm. I'm sorry. Give me. Give me 15 seconds to pull up the box score, and I'll just. I'll know who it is because. Yeah. Once again, it won't be a. He- Marcus Kemp. You ever heard of a Marcus Kemp before? No. Yeah. He sounds like he's trying to sell me car insurance. He does not sound like an NFL wide receiver. They were down, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, it was one of the few times Tony Romo was speaking English and not making uh. All time bad noises. game for him. Um, All time. Yeah, I mean, every game's an all-time bad game, but uh. He said that at the end of the game, the Kansas City Chiefs had three healthy wide receivers, and that was not the three that you would expect to end a game with. So you had limited quarterback. They had no running game. I think Pacheco no. ran over 30 yards or less, if that. Um, that was just one of the most impressive things I've ever seen, um, and you said it. Uh, that was kind of that game where it was – I'm not going to say the crowning moment because it's he's already been crowned. It was it was yeah. maybe that moment where he just kind of stated to everybody it's like you said this is my league and there's not really anything any of you can do about it.
0: Right. It, it was just, to me he, it was like it's that moment when you kind of forget if you're an ant, say the NFL is an ant, uh you kind of go about your business and you forget about that there are infinitely bigger things called humans walking around and say Patrick Mahomes is a human foot. And this game was, re- was just a stomping on that ant and a reminder that you are just infinitely not as good or as uh, inferior or you are inferior to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I like don't you know. said, like Mel, Delda Scantley who has done dog wash this year was the number one option. He went for 116 yards I mean, you named off some of the names. It's just – it's so impressive. And it, it, it is sad because, like, Joe Burrow had his, like – I mean, they, he you sacked, what, four times in the first, like, nine plays and then the, they oh, kind yeah, of they figured it out. Right. right. They kind of figured it out and he got rolling and it looked like they were going to come back and they had all this momentum going in the second half. And it truly was one of those games where it's like, oh, here come the Bengals again. They're down, but here comes the momentum. Here comes that train. Joe Burrow gets it done. Yep, no, the uh, this O'Sai guy had to shove Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. So
1: um, I actually my thoughts on that are. Interesting. Um, that that was a flag. So like, I don't know if people are complaining about that because Patrick Mahomes was out of bounds when he got hit by Joseph Osai. Yeah. It was more the issues of um, there was I think three missed holding calls there. Right. And even if he doesn't get shoved out, or even if there is no flag, they've still got eight seconds in timeouts to get close enough to kick a field goal for Butker. They probably mm-hmm. could have gotten into that same similar range that they were at. I'm not. I, I don't really necessarily. I wasn't mad about that. It was just, um, it was just such an impressive game. I mean, I I don't know if I'd go quite as hyperbolic as human foot NFL as ant, but it was one of those. Yeah, that was. Things, uh... I think I I think it was one of those where he's been doing it now for five years. Um, first of all, that's crazy that we're that old. That Patrick Mahomes is a five-year NFL starter. Second of all, I think it's one of it's kind of like a LeBron James where LeBron James is the MVP in basket or was the MVP in basketball for 15 years in a row, but you got numb to it because you were like, well, here's LeBron doing LeBron things. Oh well. And it's almost one of those where for Patrick Mahomes to get his recognition from for the rest of his career, he's going to have go have to go above and beyond what he normally does. And that is yes. incredibly hard to do. And that's why this game, everyone was like, Well, shit, that was impressive because well, shit, that was impressive. No, no receivers injury injured Travis Kelsey. No run game, still pull it out. So it was, it was phenomenal. Um, I don't know about uh, with the Bengals. Um, good, great game, kind of way to keep it close. Um, it's tough. Their offensive line kind of died at the wrong time, and mm-hmm. they decided to. Or not decided to, but they had to play some guys that didn't really participate most of the year. Um, I want to bring up one thing on the Bengals side. Zach Taylor coaching adjustments again. You mentioned uh, he got sacked four times in 10 plays or whatever it was at the beginning of the game. And then it didn't really happen furthermore. And Mm -hmm. I think that's on Taylor. Um, Whether that's a halftime adjustment or something that you do early on where you realize, hey, I can't make. maybe have to start going to shorter passes. I can't just, I can't let these routes develop because they don't have the time for my quarterback. And it, it changed the game. Um, it was, it was, it was a good game to watch, but with the officials, it was kind of a very melancholy feeling. I know, um, I, I know I texted uh, a lot of friends afterwards and I was like, I don't think I've ever felt this let down by football because what was supposed to be some of the most amazing, it was supposed to be the most amazing games of the year. You have the four best teams pretty clearly, and you were supposed to have just amazing games of football. One of them turned out to be a massacre. We'll get into that shortly. And the other one, it felt like there was extracurricular decisions that were affecting the outcome of the game. And it wasn't – it was close and it was a game, but it wasn't the type of fun what, say, Chiefs and Bills were last year where you're seeing touchdown after play, after amazing stop, after this, after that. Uh, It was was just – it was melancholy. So it was disappointing the way it ended, but – I don't know. If, um, I'll, I'll let you kind of go off. I did just ramble
0: for a while, but if you have something else about that game. Uh, I have nothing on the actual game. I, I know we kind of mentioned it in passing in our analysis, but Tony Romo was inaudible, like not even speaking the English language in complete sentences for most of that broadcast. I don't know what he took before that game. But that was like bad, and we're both kind of uh, anti-Romo guys. I think he shows up super unprepared and just kind of says things and thinks he's the star of the show and doesn't let Jim Nance actually talk. That was bad even by his standard.
1: Yep. No, I think you made made this point last week, and I kind of started to pay attention to it for the first time where you said he might think he's the play-by-play guy. And I paid attention. I was like, yeah, he really does. Like he's sitting there and he's just saying stupid stuff that like has no, I mean, what was it? Patrick Mahomes was Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson within
0: two, like, within two, two
1: plays or something.
0: And then it was like the Clyde, it was the Michael Jordan and Clyde Dexter. Oh yeah.
1: What did Clyde Drexler do to get? Like who, who he was talking about Valdez, Scantling, Joe Burrow and Mahomes. And it's like, who's who?
0: Yeah, what are we looking at here? he's talking. He's talking about a quarterback not on the field. The quarterback that threw a touchdown, and then what? Their third receiver, probably. <laughs> like, like, I, I, don't know. I don't. I don't. No, know it was. That.
1: It was. He's. He's got awful, and the only thing I hope is that if enough people start harping on him, because I think this is something where. Throughout the, I think throughout the year, there, the the Romo hate was was small. I was on the Romo hate bus. I've I've kind of been driving that bus for a year, year or two now. I strongly, strongly hate him because he provides no value. You said. He comes up un- unprepared, and I think that's another big issue. Is he probably has this mindset where it's like, "Oh, well, I used to be a quarterback, so I know all about football." And it's like, "Well, your job's not to know about football. Your job is to talk about football, yeah. not just football as a whole, the football that you're watching." Game. And I think who were the who were the two uh, the Tigers guys? Was it Mario and Rod? Well, yeah. before they punched each other in the head, uh, yeah. who was the
0: who was the, the former ball player? Uh, Rod was the uh, the. Uh, color an- analyst. Okay, and
1: was was he? The, he's the guy that used to play, right?
0: Uh, I'm. I don't really remember. I'm assuming he did because usually the the color analyst is the guy that played, and the guy that or the. The play-by-play guy is not, but I was. I don't remember him being like some big MLB. Player. Oh,
1: the only reason I go into this because I know that when they had their fight, the details came out that whoever the former ball player was just was didn't unprepared. prepare. For, yeah. yeah, he would he would spend a lot of time with the players in the clubhouse, trying to live back the years, hang out with the cool guys, spend no time in preparation. Dude, yeah, he, he was awful. He would not work on his on his trade, on his what he brought to the thing, and I think Tony Romo. if if that's the case if that's the case i almost hope that is because if he tries to get better and that's what what he is that's worse because it's like how inept can you be
0: (laughs) yeah and get paid that much to 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 do it to be like the guy for a major station that's Um, actually it's it's funny because he's the highest paid guy besides the guy who um, ended his career today that we'll get into later and is now going to be stepping into a Tony Romo-like role. And I think it's a message to him is like, this was Tony Romo's coming out party to that he sucks to the public. I think like it's now well-known in the Twitter yes. world, in the social media world, yep. that he's just... And it's, it's because... Like, everyone's watching the and non-football people tune into these playoff games as opposed to regular season games at 430 on September 19th. But he is bad. And this was his coming out party to the world that he is bad. And it's a message to other players, former players, that this is a job and you have to earn your money for it and he did to a certain extent because he was so he did come on the scene so quickly like a snap of the fingers and kind of like i don't want to say like took us for a ride like but like made people like oh, he brought us oh, this inside the playbook he's
1: yeah, like oh like, this, this is what
0: this means right right and he earned it that way and then now it's kind of like you could see how quickly people can turn on someone like that. So it's 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 hard because you are in such a public position and you are judged um, for being in such a public position by everyone because everyone can judge you. It's not like you know a normal job where like I have no idea how you're actually doing at your job right now. Like I only you know yeah. what I mean. But you don't you don't you so. don't hear about it. You don't see it.
1: You're not on, You're not yeah. for the public. The last thing I want to say about
0: making whatever he makes.
1: The last thing I want to say about Romo, because this is not what this this is not what this podcast and this weekend was about. Even though it kind of turned yeah. out was the, the thing that scares me the most is because he's making all that money. I don't think CBS can do anything about it. No, nothing. I think he's he, they're just stuck with him. Yeah. I agree. So, um, good good luck to CBS. I hate Tony Romo, and thank God the Super Bowl is not on CBS. Um, let's move on to the let's move on to the earlier game. Maybe we should have gone in uh, in chronological order, but we didn't because the through game wasn't even a game; it was a massacre. Um,
0: I mean, what do we really want to say about this? Yeah, just weird. This game just had weird vibes. Like it was like you kind of like had this weird cloudy day in Philly, and the Brock Purdy rolled in and like has this funky weird elbow play. Like it was a weird looking play. Is a weird looking injury, um, and then they said his like his fingers were numb, and like I I was kind of of the camp watching like and it's super easy to play armchair player. I was mm-hmm. like, dude, you can't go in after an elbow injury. But then after the game, it was like he couldn't even feel his fingers basically, um, so there was no way he could put anything behind a ball. And then to come in on your fourth quarterback, and I feel like a broken record of every person in the world saying this, but fourth quarterback to come in. Get injured. Now you have Christian McCaffrey slash Brock Purdy just handing the ball off, and you knew the game was over. And it was just like, and then the second half kind of just became the Eagles just like running the ball and not really trying to score. Like they knew they just had to kind of not turn the ball over. I, I listened to something that was like the best strategy for the 49ers in that game would have been. To just basically like arm punt it, get someone to just throw it down the field and just like pin them basically inside the twenty, and then hope for a, a defensive touchdown. <laughs> like that was the would have been their best strategy. Yeah, I mean, I'm I
1: didn't go quite that loony, but I know I was I was joking around with that uh, with everyone. I was like, why don't they just come out there and run like the army triple option? Yeah, give me give me McCaffrey at quarterback, Debo Samuel in the backfield, and like Elijah Mitchell up to his right. I think you pointed out that Mitchell was hurt. I don't know. I mean, just they should have had. I don't know. You could have put George Kittle out out wide to his right. Run the triple option a little, little, little toss here, toss there. Right. Keeper. It was it was so sad. Um, I mean that entire game. You you said weird vibes. I think that entire game was just like play after play that was just some divine intervention that said sorry you can't have it. I mean you started it with that Devonte Smith no catch. That yep. got that was that became a catch and the, to be honest, this is um this is one thing where I know uh, uh my buddy Matt he he texted me and he was like, listen, anytime you see a receiver get up and start screaming at his teammates to snap the ball, right. maybe, maybe there's a reason for it. yep now obviously everyone's gonna the first thing everyone's gonna say because people love being contrarian is. Well, what if he's faking it? It's like, well, we haven't gotten to that stage of this point yet. We're like, we no one's ever had their bluff called. No one's because no, ev- because everyone just gets caught.
0: I also don't think that's a natural reaction when, when like in the midst of a, of a high intensity pressure situation for your, your first reaction after making a catch to fake.
1: And when you think about it, like, what are you really going to gain uh, some free yeah. oxygen on a, 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 little, a little squirt of Gatorade water and the other team loses timeout. a first timeout first half timeout. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just think that's one of those where if you see a guy running up and down like that, maybe there's a reason for it. Um, I mean, you had you had two crit- you have the uh I I think it was a pick when his uh when his elbow got messed up and his uh when Purdy got hurt that turned out to be a pick right or or I guess a fumble because it like came out of his came out of his hand and then like his wrist slammed it like 15 yards forward
0: right
1: yep so yeah so you have that you're like well how does that happen right I I don't think I've ever seen that that was a volleyball play that was not yeah, it was um, kind of
0: crazy that like it was a fumble and the ball went like ten yards down the field and like fifteen yards in the air. Like
1: it was, it was, it's one of those like glitches you'd see in Madden where the ball just teleports yeah, to the other end of uh, good, the screen. Yeah. It I mean, you had that. You had Josh Johnson get hurt. You had. Um, I mean, you. That was just. That was that game wasn't real. That was it. That was a walk in the park. That was a training exercise for the Eagles, and I think as soon as they realized that there was nobody who can throw the ball, it turned into jailbreak blitz every single play. Because where mm-hmm. are they going to go? Right. You can't throw it to anybody. Um, so it was that that game was incredibly disappointing. That there really wasn't a game. It was just a, an exhibition, a showing. Um, I know this. Uh, I guess if we want to go more on the officials thing, I, I, I talked about this with you right tackle lane johnson jumping false start every single passing play that just never got called they just let him go- take off one half a step early
0: yes
1: yeah, so I, I also
0: i also noticed that yeah. every, and like every, it was it was and
1: I, I as i watched more i kind of realized it was every passing play it was every time he knew wait a minute i have to actually do something against nick bosa it wasn't just oh well nick Bosa's is here but the run's going to the left
0: so i can just like push him once and it doesn't matter so Speaking was, of Bosa's, did you see the video of the Philly fan just absolutely yeah. triggering? Oh yeah, uh, Joey Bosa <laughs> and Joey Bosa like trying to like laugh it off at first, and then eventually getting to the angry port where he's just like, "Well, yeah, I make more money than you." <laughs> like, come on, how old are you, dude? Well, Joey, Joey strikes me as a Karen. Yeah, well, it just kind of straight. It was like a very meathead. Like I'm getting angry at it. It was a very Philly thing to just be able to trigger this like professional at one of the best at his position athlete. Like, yeah, uh, hats off to Philly. It was but weird. sorry, continue. I I mean I don't really have much more
1: than that. I was going to say. Um, I mean there really isn't much more to say. Eagles, Chief, Super Bowl. Like you said, we'll do we'll do a dedicated episode next week. Um, kind of I will say it.
0: my early prediction. Uh, I think the Eagles are the better team. The only thing that scares me about the Eagles is how easy those two games were for them. That if it does become an um, actual like, football game, they're maybe not that, there. Like, yeah, like I'd be a little worried.
1: I I don't hate that take. Um, you're right. Those were the, those were two of the the easiest games I think anyone's ever played. A Giants team that was has won two games since like Halloween. And then whatever happened there um, in Philadelphia on, on Sunday. But let's let's stick with football. Let's get to the news of the day, the news this morning. Uh, TB12, Tom Brady, the GOAT, calling it quits for good, he says. I actually believe it right. this time. I, I do know. too. <laughs> that was uh, – Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean – I don't know really how much there is to say about this like we, we don't have to give like a eulogy about his career everyone's watched it we've all done we did we everyone listened to those things last year when he originally retired and it's like he changed any opinions this this year. So, I guess just thoughts on that. I, I don't know how much time I really want to spend on this.
0: Yeah, it's a weird one cuz like hey, all the crap that happened last year with his retirement, it's like we kind of went through this last year of like you like you said eulogizing it all. Um and <laughs> to be honest, this year, I know they made the playoffs, but like it was not anything to like, wasn't like anything changed, to be honest, as far as his legacy or his career went. No, like it was just kind of an, a nothing burger. And he just kind of ended like, instead of what I would argue, you were like, oh, well, he at least he ended as like, what, a, a top 10, top 12 quarterback in the league. Now you go, he was like, well, he was like just okay at the end. Like, yeah, you like, so you're like, uh oh, at least. You went from like and he's still going out on top to like oh, well at least he was like not at least that, he had fun. like yeah, at least he had fun and like at be <laughs> like there like he was out he he probably could have like stood in there for another year, but whether it would have been great or not, probably not. But yeah, no it yeah. It, but, go ahead.
1: So I was gonna say it looked like for the first time ever Father Time was catching up to him. Um I was I mean he, as as the season kind of went on and they started playing a little bit more primetime games just because they were kind of in contention for their division, you started watching some of those passes and, like, he was missing passes deep to Evans that, like, you didn't really see him miss at any earlier in his Tampa career or at any point in New England. You saw you saw the outrages, the, the shattered tablets, the yelling at linemen, the yelling at people. It was just, it was sad. It was one of those where for a player like that, like, in the moment, I think it's like throughout like throughout the career when they're like murdering everybody and they're kind of showing you oh this is my house it's like well go away and then you get to the end and it's a little bit of that nostalgia factor of like well thank you for like everything you did in my childhood and it's unfortunate that it ended this way
0: yeah um interesting question on Tom Brady my mom was kind of under the assumption today when she brought it up she's like like people probably don't really like it like people don't really like him right like she's I, more meaning like uh other players and i was like well probably now they like especially in tampa they didn't really like him because like how a how is he how is a 45 year old man gonna relate to 24 25 year olds that he could be their father like they have nothing in common and he was more of like a coach figure to them at that point so they probably didn't like see him as like this friendly teammate so yeah he was probably not very well liked towards the end just because of that having to play that role but i don't really remember hearing anyone ever really disliking him like in as far as teammates or anything like that him just being him not really being a diva where uh another guy who probably should call it quits um has kind of had those issues or had that reputation i should say uh, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I think, I don't think there's really much I can say to disagree with
1: that. Um. Yeah. At the end, like yeah, you actually make it perfectly. Not and not, not just 23, 24. Like, you get down to 21, 22 year olds, first, second year guys. It's like, well, what am I supposed to say to this? Like he's been playing longer than I've been alive. Right. Like, what, what are you supposed to say? Like, obviously your teammates now you're in, you're in it for the cause together. Maybe this is where we don't have that experience in a locker room to know, but it does seem like there'd be a little bit of awkwardness, maybe, and I guess if 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 you're if you're relating, that's when I said, "Oh, like I don't like you." That meant like, I felt like that meant more from like the fans' perspective, like, "Well, this guy was always winning." Like it, I remember at one point there was a saying that the Patriots' season didn't start until the AFC Championship game. That's how dominant they were for so long.
0: Yeah, and but like as far as a fan, like as much as like you hated the Patriots because I definitely had that as a kid like uh especially kind of rooting for the giants like i don't know if he like he was always kind of the like like the good-looking guy dating the model the nice smile oh, I see what you're like there was i don't no, there was no bad boy to him yeah there was no bad boy ever image where like rogers is painted as this like mushroom doing weirdo sometimes mm-hmm. like peyton manning kind of the same as tom brady um Drew Brees gets criticized for being corny, and I think it's true to a certain extent, but I don't know if there was ever that level with Brady uh, as far as an off field image. I don't know if he was ever truly likable. Dislike- I don't know. I don't know. I could be off on that, but.
1: No, I think, I think there's probably some truth to it. I don't really know. Um, I
0: don't really know. Um. Should we transition into uh, Michigan State basketball? Uh, kind of our last topic of the day.
1: We can do that. We can uh, – I, I actually didn't get to watch a lot of these games. Uh, The Iowa game on Thursday I was flying back, so I only caught like the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, yeah. So let, let, let's start with there. I'll like, kinda let you kind of – let you take over.
0: Um. Yeah, a game that they were losing for the majority of it. The game started off 10 to nothing. Um, And, again, that was kind of another rock fest. Michigan State's kind of found a way to win these – like – like mid to low sixties games and scoring wise for each team, so they've they've kind of won a couple of them. The Rutgers won last week. Iowa comes to mind. Um, the Penn State game was also like that, if you remember, um, in late December. Uh, so they've kind of won a couple of those games, and they found a way to win, which is good because uh, to find get a ways to win in games where you're not shooting the best. Um, it was a game that could have lost. I know you said you watched the last ten minutes, but. They kind of went on a run in the last couple minutes, and then Iowa had a wide-open three to win the game, missed it, had another decent look for three uh, at the buzzer, missed it. So kind of fortunate in that sense. Again, Iowa, another solid team. It's just the Big Ten full of eight and nine seeds, so like good, solid teams, but nobody's good and great besides Purdue. Um, So that's kind of all I have to say on that one. It was I had to win that one.
1: I actually do have something because th- that you mentioned that last play and I kind of remembered it. Um, that was actually one of the cooler play designs I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I remember. I, I they, if I remember correctly, um, they got the ball kind of at the the sideline, uh, and once you got the, I mean, you can see this. I feel like the the anyone listening can't, but you you if you had your hoop right here, they're kind of down here throwing it in, and they throw a cross court pass, and I'm like. That's a very yeah. interesting tactic with 10 seconds. Why wouldn't you get this into a point guard and maybe drive at the basket? And guy jumps, catches, throws it over to another guy who, like you said, is wide open. And I was like, wow, that was incredible. I would because I went from what are they doing to oh my God, we're going to lose the game mm-hmm. in four seconds. And then guy missed it. Like you said, there was there was a rebound. There was another opportunity to kind of tie it up. And they they didn't get it. Um, like you said, Michigan State took like must win game.
0: Um They the were, game. I I was kinda good a good matchup for us too in that like they didn't have a good we get eat up and we can we're gonna talk about getting eat up with the next game, but I, I they get eat <laughs> up by big guys in general and they're they're kinda big post guy is and he can shoot too is Keegan Murray's brother. Yep. Uh And
1: with Malik Hall,
0: second half didn't he? He did, and he's not like, but like he's only six eight, six nine, so like Malik Hall was athletic and tall enough to guard him, and that was Mm -hmm. kind of the difference in the second half, and that he was huge in in coming back that game, Malik Hall, and that he was he shut down Murray, and he had he had twelve points off the bench, so yeah. Uh, Um, let's get to the next game, uh, massacre. At Mackey. Yeah. Tough place to play. They're a really good team. They're probably the best team in America. They are the best they're team the in best America. They're the best team in America, but I'm not, like, they're still, like, a, I'm not, I just think they're they're a horrible matchup for us. Obviously, ED is a horrible matchup for a lot of teams. Um, but I'm not 100% sold on them because I don't really think they're that good besides him. They were against us and they hit a lot of shots against us. But, like, I've watched them the Rutgers game. Like, a lot of team, like, the Michigan game on Thursday night, last Thursday night. Like, a lot – if you have a big guy that can at least hold well, Edie to – What? Someone can slow Edie down, yeah. Yeah, just just kind of slow him down. And I think you, they're, they're a beatable team. Now, that's super easier said than done. Michigan State does not have a guy, a real – I mean, Cooper, Carson Cooper is 6'11", but we're not going to really count the third big guy off the bench. Yeah. Um, Michigan State doesn't have a guy above 6'10", so it's a little hard for them to guard someone that's 7'4". Um, so they're a nightmare matchup for us in general, and that's also why Indiana is too. When When the best player is big, we struggle because we don't have anyone that can guard him, and the second we try to double – um, they they kick out and yeah. teams got shooters. Um, and that's what happened. That game was never close. Uh, it is hard. It is definitely hard to play. That's another Big Ten place where it's hard to play. Uh, well, they're going to need to find a way to win some away games here down the stretch because I believe uh, the majority of the games left are away. I think they've played a lot of home games so far this season. Um, fun fact.
1: Hmm. Oh, so the last time Michigan State beat Purdue – at Purdue was like the 12, 13, or 13, 14 season. And our starting backcourt was Keith Appling and Gary Harris. Hmm. Now, I know you were a Michigan fan back then, so I, I say our loosely because you were not one of us then. You were okay. one, of the, you're, you're one of the evil guys. But, right. <laughs> yeah, just a little knowledge for you. Okay, thank you for that fun fact. Uh, yeah, but he I'll scored 70 been doing these points days. in
0: two games against us. That's kind of what I was going to go into next. Oh, boy. Uh, and Tom Izzo had a good quote, and I think it's right. It's a uh, uh, guy scores 70 points in you in two games. It's not on the players. That's on the coach. That's on me. Yeah, it's freaking on you. Figure something out. Change some different looks up. Um, he has been a little whiny about – about refs and schedule and having to travel and yada, yada, yada. I will say he whined for the first time on something that I do agree with when I watch Purdue in that – and I don't know if there's a, there's a good answer to actually officiating someone that, that's that freaking tall. Uh, but he gets away with so much, like, elbow play, you know, because his arms are so long and he's so much taller – and it's he he's so hard to officiate that I do think he gets away with a lot. He gets away with a lot of three seconds. He gets away with a lot of just kind of like el- elbow play, just because it, it it's just so. Tough. And I don't know if that's really on purpose or to fault of the officials, but I it's one of the first times that I'm not like okay, Tom, like stop complaining. You're making us look like Michigan.
1: No, I I think I can agree with that. The the elbow thing is real because
0: like his elbows are like your head, so like you right. just
1: out there, like he's moving around like this, and it's like oh, there's an elbow to the top of my head.
0: Right. It's also like it's a this is not really a foul thing, but like when your your elbows are this tall, like you don't want like the natural reaction of someone guarding him is to not want to get hit in the head by an elbow, which just creates even more space for him to shoot over you. So. Yeah, it's
1: it's tough. Um, the 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 one thing I'll say to kind of encompass it, though, I know we uh, you know, it was two weeks ago we talked about Mi- uh, Michigan State's last four games in January, and we said, um, at minimum you got to go two and two. Ideally, you go three and one. Um, they went two and two. It is what it is. They took they they won the two games at home, which was big. Kind of got boat raced in both of the games on the road, and like you said, they're gonna have to start finding a way to steal something
0: because. It. I mean, I'm not gonna say. I, I would say it does get a little easier. Um, I, I was gonna comment on that as well. I think it gets slightly easier here.
1: Yeah, we've got. I mean, we've got Rutgers at Madison oh. Square Garden on Saturday. That'll be a fun game to watch. It's kind of a probably a pretty straight up game. Um, yep. I feel like if you. If we kind of do the same thing we've done, we did last. year, If we look at the next four games, just Rutgers neutral site, Maryland at home, Ohio State on the road, and then Michigan at home. I think you're looking at you probably should go three and one. Um I think four and oh is certainly achievable, but it's Michigan State and it's the Big Ten. It's never gonna be easy.
0: Am I missing one? I have five games here. Rutgers, Maryland, Ohio State, Minnesota, Michigan.
1: I kind of just I, I got rid of Michigan because that's
0: that I said oh, okay. I, I kind of okay. I'll, I'll throw that in the next
1: block of four. Okay. Um okay. I'm just kinda going two weeks at a time. Um, but I think that you're looking at it and it's well Minnesota is trash, so like you better win that game, especially at yep. home. Maryland, pretty good team, but it's at home, probably what you should win that, and then steal one of Ohio State and Rutgers because Ohio State's kind of so falling off. Deal. Yeah. Ohio State's not having a good time right now playing basketball. And I think two and two with that with the level of opponents that you're playing, I think two and two is damaging. Um yep. I think I think that'll probably knock you down a seed line or two depending on where they even have us right now I think three and one will be good maybe you jump up a seed line four and it would be awesome but I guess we'll, we'll we'll take that week by week um Malik calls back we mentioned that that's uh it's a shocker that we we didn't expect that we were we I remember last week we we're like well that's crazy because we thought it might be season ending uh, Josh laying desk where you're not going to play basketball for two years because the stress fracture is that bad it's good to have him back um bring some athleticism bring some two-way play um, probably our most complete player, as you've said, numerous times. So we'll see where we go from there. Um, anything you want to say about the upcoming MSU basketball schedule?
0: No, I just like looking at February in general, you got to win at least. You got to go at, at, at the minimum. And this is tough when you play decent teams every night. At a minimum, you have to go five and three. Yep. Uh, and then you have to win Ohio State at home in March. You have to go six and three the rest of the way, I think.
1: I, I think I would agree with that. Yeah. Um,
0: I think yeah. four losses, and you're looking at your you're looking at the fate of other teams, and you need to win games in the Big Ten tournament. To exactly,
1: tournament. you're 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 one of those guys who's sitting on their hands because they can they don't they no longer control their stuff. Um, I actually do have one quick question. You mentioned the Big Ten is probably a lot of eight and nine seeds, so I don't know if this is even allowed or if this is a thing, but. Can you play another team from the same conference in the first round? Like, if I was an eight, like, if we were an eight seed and let's say Maryland
0: yeah. was a nine, or if you flipped it, would they, could they throw us in the same region and we play each other or no? I don't think it's a strict rule against. I think it's just like kind of frowned upon. Yeah. You I think like they create would create new matchups. Yeah. I think they would find a way to like be like, okay, like you, we have you as a 10 instead of a oh, nine. Yeah. That, that's like, true. The committee, they would, that's, they would that's, find a way to do that. Those, those bastards. They, the, the
1: the best thing about the committee is they can do whatever they want, whenever they want for rankings and for matchups. It's all about how can I generate Duke, North Carolina in the final four, or how yeah. can I do this? It's, it's funny. I know we've been on the short end of that stick. Um, Last year, it was pretty apparent that they were like, well, Michigan State Duke's a great moneymaker for a second round game. And they got it. They got their second round game. They got their, we gave Duke a shot. We almost retired Coach K, but. They, they they love, love doing that just mm-hmm. because they know they can and they can th- – that's
0: kind of – there's so many different variables where it kind of almost goes under the radar what what they can do. Yeah, they – they right right now they have Michigan State still as a seven. I mean, I'm okay with that. They have us playing Boise State as a seven seed. Oh, that's, that'll be a riveting game. Does Detroit uh, host any games this year or no? I don't think they Uh, do. I'm not sure. Look, uh, but here's an interesting thought for as kind of mediocre of, as we said, the big Ten is this year, they have nine big 10 teams in the tournament. That's the most of any other conference. Well, big was- 12 is eight. Yep. Uh, granted, the big 12, like I'll rattle some teams off. They're all like TCU's a four. Uh, Kansas is a two. Uh, West Virginia, 11. Baylor's a four. Uh you kind of get the point of what I'm getting at yep. here. Iowa State's a four. Um Kansas State's a two. Um like they're all two to six. Like they have a lot of they have a lot of ranked yeah, teams. No, they're a
1: there are they a, a good co- it's a good deep conference this year. Um I don't know. I guess we'll see we'll see what happens in the tournament. I mean whether what I don't think it really even matters what our seeds were. The Big Ten is kind of like traditionally known to just flame out in the first weekend. It's what they just love doing. It except for Michigan, you know. I'll give them credit. They they always find a way to kind of win some games in the tournament when they have to. Right.
0: Something uh, something that I didn't know about the Big Ten and this I was shocked they said this because obviously Purdue being the number one team right now, no national best Tennessee shot of anybody. Team. Yeah, that no one's no Big Ten team has won a Natty since the mistake. I know Michigan's been to the final twice. I know we've been to a couple of Final Four since then. Um, Wisconsin lost to Duke in that final. Um, but other than that, like yeah, I don't remember anything else being like. I think we,
1: that I actually think we talked about this a couple couple episodes ago. But I mean, yeah, there's Maryland in 05, where they were still part of the ACC, so you don't count it. But outside of the uh, Michigan State title game in 09, Michigan title games, and I think it was 13 and 18 or 13 and 19, I'm not certain. Um, Michigan State, a plethora of Final Fours where they've just always fallen short because that's usually where you encounter another big-name team with a big-name coach, and Tom is, melts melt in those kinds of games. Um, I I, I don't care. I'll say it. Um, Yeah.
0: The Jaleel Oak Okafor, Frank Kaminsky, Wisconsin, Duke game. Yep, 2015 that out too. Yeah. yeah, that
1: was well. That was the Wisconsin team that beat the 38 and done Kentucky Wildcats with cat, yeah. and that team was actually loaded. I mean,
0: that the Wisconsin I, I, team or the Kentucky?
1: No, team? Kentucky. I'm pretty sure they brought Devin Booker off the bench. Yeah. in 2015 they were. Was D'Angelo Russell? Was he there? No, he was at Ohio State. No, That's he was he's he was at Ohio. He was he was at Ohio State anyway. I was thinking of oh. they had a, they had a guard. Um, well, they had the Harrison twins, but it was some. It was I thought it was an NBA player. Um, maybe I'm thinking of Booker, but yeah, that no, that, was was
0: 2014,
1: 15. Well, the, it was the title game was in 15, so you have to look at the 14-15 season. That was yeah the the 38 and done. Carl Anthony Towns, um,
0: Devin Booker, 38 and one. Yep. They had the Harrison Twins, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Willie Cauley-Stein. Cauley-Stein, yeah, the Twin twin Towers. Trey Lyles is an NBA player. Tyler Uless is an NBA player. Uh, They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players that played at least one game in the NBA. Jesus, that team's loaded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to call it before we start rambling? Yeah, uh, we're like, kind of getting there. We're talking about Wisconsin or Kentucky basketball teams.
1: Hey, that's always fun
0: showing off the random, uh, obscure knowledge. Maybe we should do a segment when like playoff football is over and we have a little more time to talk about random stuff. We should do a segment like a, like a remember this team and just start <laughs> like, like r- rattling off guys on like a, like a specific cow. And like one off the top of my head is like, uh, that Florida basketball team and like oh, like the Joaquin Noah team, like oh yeah, joke Kim 07? Noah. They had, a, they had a guard too that was pretty nasty, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, and Al well that team, was on those teams too. Yep, no
1: Noah Horford. They had they had a guard. I know, and they, that's the last team to repeat as champions back to back. Um, those were fun.
0: Yeah, that, like just naming you, teams is so much fun.
1: You want you want to ramble? You want to ramble real quick? Yeah, give me a team, give me a team. I'm not going to give you a team, I'm going to give you a location. Gainesville, uh, location.
0: Florida, 2006 oh, to 2008. That is one of the funniest like tweets you'll ever see on like who was on that campus like, at that time.
1: <laughs> Dan Blazerian, the Pouncy yeah. Twins, Hernandez, Tim Tebow, Urban oh, Meyer. Man. Cam Newton's there for a bit. Cam Newton,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Joe Kim Noah, Dan Horford. Have... Yep, that was I don't Horford might have been gone already um but I know that that was the last time that football and basketball have held the national titles simultaneously. Yeah, you had one of the Tebow titles and then you had uh
0: coinciding with I think the first uh Florida title. Interesting. That is that is one of the best I uh, remember when's for an actual school. <laughs> yeah, when like... the good old days, man. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another No, no. We yeah. have to. <laughs> I, I have one where, uh I, I have a funny one. Let's, right, let's go to here. Do so you ramble. remember the Shaka Smart VCU team Oh yeah. the Final Four? Oh,
1: yeah. They had, uh, what's his name? Was it CJ McCollum
0: on that team? Or, no, he was on Lehigh. He was on Lehigh that beat Duke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who was on Shaka Smart's VCU team? There was somebody. I don't, I don't remember anyone being. What year would have that been? Twenty. I don't know. Let's just look up Shaka Smart (laughs) VC. I was gonna look at my search is gonna be VCU basketball alumni. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no one, no one. Did they get there in 2011?
1: Was it that long?
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. That's crazy. Uh. Troy Daniels, his draft year was
1: 2013. Yeah, okay, there's nobody
0: on this roster. I no. know. No. Nope. Wow. Well, hey, you, you
1: have some fun. That was Those were fun teams, but maybe in a couple of years we'll be doing, do you remember the St. Peter's team of uh 2021?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, it's weird to me because, like, I think that too, but, like, I've already forgotten about the Oral Roberts team the year before that only made it one game. Less than they did. Yep, yeah, that's true. Um And like, I, I feel like I'll remember the the Florida Gulf Coast team more, and they also didn't make it as far as the St. Peter's team. Slam City, Slam City. Maybe, maybe we, maybe when it comes closer to
1: March, we just do an episode of Do you remember these darlings? Everybody's favorite. The one that I think what...
0: I won't forget, and they didn't make it far either, is the uh UMBC. Oh yeah. The first sixteen, the only sixteen, yep. that'll just like you'll remember that because it's the only. Well, maybe it won't be this year, but it, the only one that's ever happened. Yep. That, yeah, that was uh that that they couldn't miss. That
1: game was crazy. All right, let's wrap this up because we have we, we we talked about rambling, then we rambled for about ten minutes, which yep. always a good time. I do enjoy it, but
0: yeah, yep.
1: yep. <laughs> uh, all right, if you've made it this far, if you. If you've made it through the, the Vladdy and Connor ramble stages. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Team. We appreciate you. Um, You're talented. Talented, d- dedicated, and maybe just like hearing about random shit that we know about. Because yeah, I'd say we're, we're pretty we're pretty obscure guys. We got some cool knowledge hidden tucked yeah. up
0: here in the noggin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you all about some weirdo doctrines. Well, if you really wanted to get nitty gritty on Let's it. Not. Let's that's not. That's for a different thing.
1: Let's, let's say, let's say goodbye to all of our, to all our listeners. Have a good one, guys. Congratulations for making it this far. Peace out.